you're new here, uh, my name is Dave Nelson, <clears throat> and I'm uh, the lead pastor here at K2 The Church. And one of the things that's so interesting about leading a church is you realize that really, from Genesis to Revelation, all through the Bible, God makes it really clear that there's really one leader. And he uses tons of metaphors to make sure that we understand um, what it means to be a follower and somebody who seeks after him and goes with him. And so, but at the same time, I, mean, I think one of the best metaphors is the, is the shepherd, that he helps us to understand that we're sheep and he's a shepherd who leads us. Um, but if you read into the New Testament, you also find out that pastors, which I am, and other leaders in the church, he actually calls us shepherds. And so... Um, our job is to help lead this place, this, this local unique body of Christ, and that that's our role. And so how do you lead when you're supposed to follow? That's, that's kind of what we want to talk to you guys about this morning. Um, there's really three critical things that need to take place when you're making decisions. And um, one is wisdom. And wisdom is simply taking the principles of God and assessing them and applying them into the life around you. And all of us use wisdom in making decisions all the time. The second thing when you're making decisions with God is that uh, you need faith. Um, with wisdom comes faith. And faith is where you get to the point where you look at God and you say, you know what? I totally trust you and I will follow you. I'll trust you and I will follow you. And then the third and most important thing is love. Um, Bible makes it really clear. You can have faith that can move a mountain. And if you don't have love, you got nothing. So <clears throat> in making decisions here at K2, those three things are what we need. We need wisdom from God. We need faith. And we need love. And so today, um, what I'm going to share with you is some decision, a decision that we are making here at K2 The Church. And what's always difficult in times like this is this is a decision that's been in process for me in, for like six months and very intensely for the last six weeks. And so I need to share with you in about eight minutes um, something that's been going on for six months. So can we just pray real quick and let's just ask God to come and be here. Lord, I don't have to ask you to be here. The reality is that you are. What I want to ask is that you would come and anoint our time together, which means that you would fill this time together with your Holy Spirit. And we just pray that you would come, open our hearts and our minds and our eyes and our ears so that we can see you and so that we can hear you, so that we can follow you. And I just pray that your love for all of us in this room would come in Jesus' name. Amen. So wisdom. When I came back from my sabbatical, I, I took a sabbatical this summer and I came back in August. One of the things that happened right off the bat is um, I just started having some conversations with Christian. And uh, Christian, if you're new as well, is one of our pastors here. And in our conversations, um, it was just really cool because not too long before that, God had done some really new, deep work in Christian, setting him free in brand new ways. And it was awesome. So we were just dialoguing about <clears throat> the, these kind of new fresh stirrings that were inside of him with ideas and, and dreams and, and passions. And for me, the best way to describe it is, is it was a real season of discovery. 
And with discovery, you discover lots of things. You discover what you love. You discover what you don't love. You discover, man, this is just where I fit in my giftedness. And then you also discover, it's like, you know what? That's not what I really enjoy doing quite as much. And so, <clears throat> so we were just on a journey together in our relationship, in our work relationship, friend relationship, of just discovering the things that, have, that were really going on inside a Christian's heart. And then um, in January, our management team went away. And what we did is we went away for the year to really look and see what God had in store for us. Um, we fasted and we prayed for that time. And one of the things that we really sensed that God was saying to us is that we needed to streamline and simplify what we're doing here at K2. Because sometimes in any organization, you can start to do so, so many things that you get kind of scattered and you can't do all of them really well. And you just, there's wisdom in just making sure that you're doing exactly what God has asked you to do. And so, um, so man, we came back from that time uh, unified in a sense where God is leading us in this upcoming year. Um, as I looked at that, though, I realized this. If you're going to simplify and if you're going to streamline things, then one of the things, as we started looking at this, there were going to be responsibilities that were kind of where two people would be, end up doing the same thing. And, and we just, we just, and I started getting nervous because I started looking at this and realizing there are going to be some leadership positions that aren't going to fit in as we streamline down. Um, and I'll just be, I'm going to just be totally honest with you. As soon as I started realizing that, I just didn't like that thought at all. So the way I, I just, I feel like I took something that was stirring inside me and I just set it on the back burner because I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, about six or seven weeks ago, Eric Winter, our, who's on staff, our management team member who oversees all our finances and stuff, came to me. Our, our budget here goes from to July to June. So we're in the process right now of, of working on our next year's budget. And he just came to me and he said, Dave, I just need to let you know that um, if we, with the income that we're projecting for next year, the amount of the, uh, the percentage of our budget that goes to salary is 65%. So 65% of our budget was going to pay staff. And 28% actually goes towards just fixed costs, like the building, renting the building, things of that nature. Um, that, if you put those together, that leaves only 7% of our budget to go towards ministry, <laughs> to actually give staff members the, the finances they would need to do the ministry that we call them to do. Well, the, the truth is, you, you, you just can't do that. <laughs> and so I took all this and I just sat down and I said, God, what in the world do we do? And wisdom looking at all this, looking at the conversations that Christian and I were having, looking at the simplifying that we were doing and realizing that the giftedness and the passions and the direction that we were going, having this sense that there was a position. I, partly what happened is I would really look and I'd say, how do I make a job description that fits where we're going? And, uh, and then when the budget came in, this realization just totally hit my gut. Um, that I think what we need to do, and I had to sit before God and say, God, what's up? And I just got to tell you, so now we move to faith. So there's wisdom. And then you go to faith and you just go, God, what are you up to and what do you want to do? And that's when I just, I felt like he was just saying at that point, yes, David, I've been working. And I've been working in Christian's life and I've been working here at K2. And I'm asking you to release him to follow me into what I have next. And don't let him go because there's a big difference. Don't let him go. Link your arms with him. Commit yourself to him to discover what's next for his life. And so um, 
I, I, I've got no good way to say this because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't like this decision. Um, I do not want to make this decision. But we took all this information, presented it to our business operations board, um, which helps us to really think through everything that we do here. And they just affirmed it just seemed like this, you put all these rivers together that this is what God's doing. This was the leading and the best thing for this church. And um, so then I presented it to the spiritual advisory board and, um, and eventually the, the decision we need to make here at K2 is that's what we're going to do. We feel like we are releasing Christian to discover what's next for him and we are committing ourselves to follow him and to be with him in this deal. So that's wisdom and faith. Now let me get to the love piece. Okay, because this is where it gets really hard. Because when you've got love, love can really get in the way of wanting to follow wisdom and faith. And, um, and this has been a long morning, I'm going to tell you. But I just got to tell you, I love this man, and we have been walking through this thing. I, I'm telling you right now, I, I'll take all of you on. I've been thinking this morning, my love for him, if, this was, if there was an arm wrestling competition and the love for Christian won, I'd win. Unless it was Sandrine, then she would win. But, um, but I, I just, my commitment to him, my friendship to him, I mean, God took me halfway around the world just to even meet these guys. And um, so how do you let release somebody that you love? And the only way that you do that, because here's the other thing I love, is I love this place I love you. I love this church with every fiber of my being. And I love God. And you, you just, eventually it got to this point where it's just like, you know what? The wisdom is pointing in this, in this direction. I also am sensing a, a move of God just in my heart that we need to do this. The boards are aligned in this decision. And so um, we come to this place. Now, let me just tell you a couple of things. Um, we are totally committing ourselves to he and his family. Um, financially, they are, we are, we're taking care of them. We are walking with them. We are not, again, we are not letting them go. This is not firing somebody. This is a move of kind of restructuring in a sense for the church and at the same time, a movement of God in his heart. And so uh, our commitment to them, we're, we're going to walk with them the long haul. David York, uh, Mike Menning, and myself, who've just been kind of the three guys who've been living life with Christian anyway, we're going to be meeting with him every single week to be committed to walking with him and seeking God with him and finding out what is, what is next for him. And so, um, and I just want to say, you guys, what, again, what's hard with this is we've been processing this now for weeks and, and months for me. And I know that sharing this with you right here, right now, you haven't had any chance to process. No chance to be in any of the conversations or the meetings that we've had together. And, and I know this, there's not anybody in here who likes this decision either. I don't like it, and I know you don't like it. And I didn't want it, and I know you don't want it. And yet, um, at the same time, it feels like, it's the right thing for us to do. Now, here's what I do know, that God loves this man, and I know he loves every one of you, and I know he loves this church. But here's the other thing, you guys, is Jesus loves the church. He isn't just the leader over K2. He's the leader over the whole church. And sometimes he moves us and he leads us because he knows exactly where he needs people 
to be and where he wants them to do. So now as Christian and I were talking about this, he just said, he, he, he just said, you got David, I would love the chance to just get up in front and share with all of you the journey that he's been on and the journey of what it is as we, we tell this morning to follow God and to walk with him. So I'd, I'd love to invite Christian and Sandrine and also Mitch Menning. Mitch is one of both of our dear friends, and he's also a member of the Spiritual Advisory Board. He's been our chairing our Spiritual Advisory Board just to come up and to pray with us. So, I wasn't sure if I'd have any tears left <laughs> by this time. But you know me better <laughs> than that. I, uh, I just want you to know that we love this church so much. We love you guys. I have loved being a pastor here. And I want you to know that I love Dave with all my heart. I, I don't even know what it, the level of faith that it took for him to make this decision. To, I know it's not a letting go, but to, to make this decision to, to release a good friend. And I just want you to know, this is the kind of godly leader that you want, who will, who's willing to make difficult, difficult decisions if he feels God's leading. I will, share, I will share in a few minutes a little bit more, but um, let's pray. Let's just pray. Jesus, you created the universe. You're in charge. Um, one of the names that we use for God is uh, a wonderful counselor. And we've been listening. And... Sometimes when we receive counsel, uh, it's really good and it's great. And sometimes when we receive counsel, it's really, really, really hard. And uh, this is one of those times we love, we love you. And we also love Christian and, and his family and Sandrine and Clara and Kenny and Casey and Cameron and Kobe Thank you for bringing them to us. Thank you for working in them. Thank you for using them. Thank you for continuing to use them. And uh, thank you for Christian's willingness, not because he was asked, but he actually asked to talk this morning. Um, and I pray that you will give us all the grace to hear what you have to say through him and, and not just after to not just today, but going forward as we see you work out something that we don't know what it's going to be. And we couldn't have, we couldn't have written a book in the last four years of what it's been to have them here and what you've done with their family. Cause it was your idea. And, uh, we trust, we trust you. We trust you that you've got other ideas that are beyond what we could fathom. Thank you for these guys. Thank you for Dave and his leadership. Thank you for this church, for your body.
And uh, thank you for your blessing. Amen. Can you wait for a second? Yeah. You know, I don't just love you and him and Jesus. I love this woman too. Mm. <laughs> I just want you. You know, behind every great man is a surprised woman. <laughs> and, um, I'm not great, but she's surprised. And, <laughs> and I want to say, sorry, you guys could go. I just want to say one more thing about this, this decision. I, you know, having been on the management team, knowing the financial realities, knowing the, the vision that, that God has laid on Dave's heart and the, the wrestling together that we've done about what I have felt stirred in my heart and, and it may be not exactly lining up, which is totally okay. God gives different visions and, and directions to different people. Knowing all of that that's going on and the restructuring and the direction that K2 is going in, I want you to know that in his place, I would have made the same decision. Like he said, I don't like it. <laughs> and we, nobody likes the reality of this. But I just want you to know that I accept this and, and support it 100%. All right. So I just want to take you into the journey with me a little bit. You know, you've seen me speak for the last four years, a little less than that, and I'm a pretty transparent guy, and, and I just want to let you in on, this, on the journey I've been on. And if you were here at the member meeting on, on Thursday, I apologize, a lot of this is going to be the same. But, you know, when, when Dave first sat down with me, what, a little over two weeks ago now, and, and, and told me of, of his decision, I, I want to lie to you. I was confused and uh, a little lost. Sandrine was actually out of the country, so I couldn't process with her right then. And, and uh, there was a lot of fear that crept up in my heart. Fear for us and not wanting to start over again somewhere else. I felt like just in the last year and a half, two years, we had really, really put roots down in Salt Lake and in this community. And God had surrounded us with wonderful friends and a small group. And just we just loved life here and we love this church. And immediately I thought, I don't want to start over again. And then thinking of our kids that we brought over halfway across the world and, and they really struggled with that and just not wanting to take them through that again, you know. And, uh, and then Dave and Susie and Sandrine and I sat down the Tuesday after, and I just, I just had questions for Dave. I just unloaded my, my heart and my heaviness and a bit of anger and, and all of that. And Dave and Susie, the, the four of us, we just dug into that. And, and Dave received from me so graciously, and, and we... Um, he was able to shed some more light and we came to a point of just praying together and, and I feel, I know what God started doing at that point and has done since then for me. He's, he's, taken, he's taken my eyes away from me and my family and circumstances and he says, just look at me. Just look at me, take my hand and follow me. And this is going to be okay. And this is, since then, that has been my biggest prayer for this morning and for you, for this church, that, that we together can do this this morning, can, can look away from, from the, the, the pain of this decision and together can say, okay, now let's, let's look away from Christian and his family and, and what's going to happen and, and let's just together look at Jesus this morning. Say, Jesus, what are you doing? Not just in, in my life, in my family's life, but in this family's life, in K2's life, in this church's life. And after that conversation with Dave and Susie, I asked Dave if I could just get away for a few days. I just, I just needed to get away and process and just sit with Jesus. I just had this, this gut need to just sit with Jesus. And, 
And I went away to a friend's cabin for four days, and my prayer for the time was not, okay, God, what do you have next? Where are you leading us? It was, God, just give me your peace. Just pour your peace into my heart and, and bring me to a peace for my children. <laughs> I knew I had to come to a point of just releasing my kids to him, knowing that he loves them more than I do. And that I know he has a plan in my life in the midst of this. He's teaching me. He's drawing me closer to him. He's drawing my family closer to him. And I know he wants to do something in my kids through all of this. He wants to teach them and reveal himself to them. And, and I feel like in those four days, Jesus just poured faith into me. You know how scripture says, I'm sorry, well, that's what scripture says, how faith even is a gift from God. It's not something we need to muster up. And I feel God just supernaturally poured faith into me that, that I couldn't produce by myself. And even in my conversations daily with Dave during that time, I could just, just sense God's peace just washing over me. And I can stand here today and tell you honestly, 100%, that Sandrine and I have zero fear for our future. We have zero fear for our children. We know for 100% that he is leading in the midst of this, that he has a plan, and that he's going to make that plan abundantly clear for us and for this church. The tears that you're seeing are not tears of fear. They're tears of sadness. (laughs) Because we love you guys. And separation is always painful. One verse that jumped out to me while I was away was Isaiah 12 too. I came across it in my devotion one morning. Just, I was just spending time with Jesus. Do we have it up? It is, says, surely the Lord is my salvation. Do we have it? Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. And that has just been, that verse has grown so much in my heart. I, he is my salvation and we will not be afraid last week on Wednesday morning I realized that my my road bike had been stolen overnight and if you know me at all or follow me on Facebook you know that I love biking I just bought this bike last summer I had saved up for it and I just love it's my escape getting on that bike and riding up into the canyons alone or with friends and listening to worship connecting with Jesus and just just recharging and the bike was gone in the morning, stolen out of my, my, my garage. Anyway, I went to a meeting that morning. I was just so mad. I was just I was like, man, kick a guy in the face when he's down. You know, that's how I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so I called the police later on that morning, and they you know, reported it. And then my wife actually said, why don't, we, why don't you go to some pawn shops? I didn't have time to go to pawn shops, so I called a couple of them. I went to yellowpages.com, pulled up pawn shops, Salt Lake City. There's a lot of pawn shops. If you have any pawn <laughs> there's, there's no shortage of pawn shops in, in this city. So I, had, I had, didn't have a lot of time, so I started making phone calls. had time to call two. One wasn't cooperative. One was helpful, took my name, description of the bike. Three hours later or so, I get a phone call from South Salt Lake Police, and they're saying, hey, we just got a call from a pawn shop. They think somebody's there right now pawning your bike. I was like, are you kidding me? Out of 100 pawn shops in this valley, this dummy goes to the one pawn shop that I actually got to talk to. And, and I couldn't quite believe it. And sure enough, I go to the police station, and there's my bike. Returned to me in four hours. So 
if you have any pawn needs, first cash pawn on 3100 South State Street is a really honest outfit, all right? Seriously. So I got the bike back, and I immediately just, I just, I said, I don't care what's on the schedule. I just got into my spandex and went on to a celebratory, <laughs> celebratory bike ride up Immigration Canyon, beat my personal best, yes. And... <laughs> During the time I was listening to worship music and just writing, I was just thanking Jesus. I mean, it might sound like a little thing to you, but it really, I was really bummed, I tell you. But I got it back and I was thanking Jesus and I felt like he was telling me, see, Christian, if I care about you and your bike, I care about your bike, how much more am I going to care about you and your family and your future and this church's future? It's in my hands. And I love you. And I love this church. And I felt like he told me, see, I took something that you love so dearly. And maybe a little too much. But you love it so much. And I took it. I took it just for three hours. But I returned it back to you. And yes, I'm taking K2 right now from you. And you love it a lot more than, than a bike. But I just knew he was telling me, Christian, I'm going to replace that void. Something's going to go there. And I have plans for you. And it was just, just that, that story with the bike, this was just such a reassurance to me that God is in control. He cares about the little and the big things. And he has us in his hands. While I was away, I, I was spending a lot of time with Jesus and just reading the Bible. I was reading in, in Exodus of God through Moses leading the, the Israelites out of slavery and into freedom. And came to the part where, you know, they, they, they've just been freed from oppression, horrible atrocities into freedom. And at the first sign of trouble, what do they do? They say, oh, this is awful. Moses had you just left us in Egypt to serve the Egyptians. And I was sitting there and, and in me wanted to creep up this, this voice of, Nelson, had you just left me in Germany, I wouldn't be in this position now. Had you just left me in Germany... And immediately I, I just knew, look at the Israelites. They had just been led to freedom, and they're complaining. And here am I. And I thought back of the three and a half, almost four years that we've been here, and the incredible journey of freedom that God took me on because he brought me into this faith and grace community and, and set me free in areas I never imagined he would set me free from. And he used K2 for that. And I'm telling you, there is not a lot of churches, there is not a lot of lead pastors that I could have walked into their office as I did a over a year ago today's office and shared some deep spiritual struggles and doubts with him. There's not a lot of pastors that would have received me with that grace and support and love and set me free to pursue those questions, to pursue those doubts and allow me into a journey that God, where God took me and healed me and brought me into a place of freedom that I had never known. And transformed me into a different man, into a new pastor, a new husband and father. And I was sitting there reading Exodus and I was like, God, thank you. Thank you for K2. And I want to tell you, I feel, Sonline said this on Thursday to the crash. And I agree with that. We feel we have received here so much more than we were ever able to give. And so I just want to thank you. Thank you for being a community of faith and grace and allowing us to be part of this journey for the last four years. Another thing that God did with the Israelites then in the desert, he, 
He had them in the desert for a long time and he asked them to live by faith day by day. He miraculously provided food for them every morning. There was what was called manna on the ground. And he told them, gather what you need today. Don't gather what you might need tomorrow. Gather for today. Asking them to just live one day at a time by faith. And that's exactly where I feel he has us as a family now and us as a church. But he's asking us to just, just follow him day by day. Trust him one day at a time. And then recently we had this message series on the names of God. That so speaks to me even now where we looked at Yahweh, this sovereign creator God who has everything in his hands, who is, who is indescribable and great. And you know what? He is great now and he is sovereign now. He didn't wake up one morning and think, oh, Ketu's budget is short. What are we going to do? Oh, no. Well, what passions have I given Christian and what stirrings have I given him and Dave? What have we got? God isn't surprised by any of this. He is sovereign. And even though we might not like the circumstances, he's working in and through them. And we need to trust him and rely on his sovereignty. Then we talked about the Redeemer who takes broken, sad, painful situations and brings beauty out of ashes. He redeems painful things and makes them into beautiful situations. And I know he's going to do that in this. I know I'm hurting. I know Dave is hurting. Maybe you are hurting. But God's going to use it. He's going to redeem this into something beautiful. And then we talked about him being Abba, being our daddy, a God who, who is not distant, who is close, who loves us like a good father, who, in whose lap we can curl up and be honest with our emotions and feelings and, and trust him and have intimacy with him. And I feel like that's the picture he gave me very quickly after Dave had shared this, this decision with me that, that I just had this picture of me as a little boy in a, in a crowd of big people and I had no idea what was going on, chaos around me and I don't know where it's going but as long as I'm holding my dad's hand I'm going to be okay because I know he knows what's going on. And that's, that's where we are. We're holding on to our dad's hands and we're waiting for him to lead us in what he has and he's doing the same for K2 as a church and I want to tell you I don't know what's next I have no idea where he's leading us I don't know what his plans are for K2 without us here but what I do know is my life doesn't center around me my life centers around Jesus and I know this church doesn't center around me or depend on me. It depends and centers around Jesus. And it's him that we need to look to in all of this. My first gut reaction when Dave told me about this was, God, just give me a job here. Just let me stay here. Just let me be a member at K2. Just, just let me be a thorn in the staff side and ask for things and complain about this. And, <laughs> and, but he's, see, this is how much I love this church, that the church that needs to release me is really the only place I want to be. And I was thinking, man, just get me a sales job. I can talk people into stuff. I've talked you guys into stuff for four years. <laughs> but you know what? While I was away, I felt God just speaking into my heart. And I, I can't tell you for sure that, that it really was God's voice, but I feel like he's leading me there and giving me confirmation there that he just gave me this deep gut, passion, and love for pastoring. I was sitting in church. I was in South Carolina for those three days. I was sitting in church, and I was just sitting there thinking, this passion rising up in me saying, this Christian is what you're supposed to do. So that's the best I can tell you, that I feel like he's called me to pastor and to preach and to teach. 
And I just don't know where he's going to use that yet. And that, but I want to invite you into that process. And it's not just our process. It's your process as a church of where is God leading us next? What does he have in store for us? And I've got to close here quickly. My very first sermon at K2, I don't know who of you were, was here then. It was in, in December of 97. It was in the red box. This building wasn't there yet. It was my candidate sermon. And it was on Luke 17, on Jesus encountering the ten lepers. And he told them, go show yourselves to the priest, which a leper had to do to be, to be um, announced or, or proclaimed clean and allowed back into society. So once you felt you were healed, you had to go to the priest and he had to look at you and say, okay, leprosy is gone. You can re-enter your life. The interesting thing about this story is that Jesus told them, go show yourselves to the priest. And they were still full of sores and leprosy. So he was asking these ten lepers to take an incredible step of faith, to, to act as if, as if it was already true, and by blind faith go and just believe that Jesus was leading them. And as I was thinking about this morning and what to share, I thought, man, how fitting. What a bookend this is that my first message at K2 was on taking blind steps of faith. Walk with him even if you're not seeing where it's going. And that possibly my last time sharing with you from up here is let's hold his hand and let's follow him together, even though we don't know where we are going. And so I I don't know where you are at. I don't even know if you know Jesus. And let me just tell you, if this is my last chance to talk to you, if you don't know Jesus, get to know him. Keep coming here and be on that journey. Jesus wants to lead you. He wants to fill you with the faith that he's given me and so many of us. Follow him. And those of you who are here, maybe you are in a situation of ambiguity and you don't know what's next for you. Man, I just want to invite you. Take his hand and trust him. He loves you and he will lead you. And he's got plans for you as he has plans for us. I want to ask the, the band to come up. You know, all I want right now, well, all I wanted was just to get this week over with. But now, one more service. <laughs> Tomorrow, I feel like the starting pistol is going to shoot. Well, I just want to dive into, of God, what do you have? For, I just want to hear from him. I want to hear from him for me, and I want you to hear from him for, for K2 and for you. So I just want to invite you into that process. Let's just seek him. Let's seek him and ask him, God, what do you have? And let's commit to walking with him, walking by faith and not by sight. Thank you so much. I love you.